so much for coming. Love you back. Aloha. Salam alaikum, everyone. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other, because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who is taking donations from the NRA, I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believed them. Children being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, eight billion people. And if you're gonna figure out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, that didn't happen, and here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 257 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and fighting our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved, and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world, but the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless us. And may God bless us. How about a hand for Lynn and Chris? Gigi who, uh, and Ryan, who uh, are our hosts here today. Thank you for your help. Wave your hand, Jake, in the back. And thanks to all of you. Thank you so much, everybody, for coming out today and sharing your aloha with me and allowing me to share my aloha with all of you. So are you guys just bored out of your minds? You feeling pretty good? <laughs> We've had a good last couple of days, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I like your glasses. I saw you last time I was here. You had some cool glasses last time. I, I don't think I could pull that off, but you, you wear them well. Last time I was here, but I'm coming here and my heart is very full because every single day, every single day, I'm grateful to be able to experience the power of we the people. The power of the people. You know, sometimes uh, politicians who are stuck in Washington and don't take the time to get out, and don't get out to where real people live and play and work, they lose touch with, with the reality of, of where the heartbeat of our country is. The heartbeat of our country. It's certainly not in Washington, D.C. The heartbeat of our country is in rooms like this. 
and communities like yours all across this country standing up and saying it is time now for our voices to be heard. It has gone on for so long that self-serving politicians in Washington and the richest and the most powerful and the most elite among us have been in control and have been in power and they have left us behind. And when we look at this truth, it becomes more and more clear how we saw immediately after that debate on Wednesday night. What happened? What happened after that debate? The knives, the knives came out. The smears started coming. And rather than debate the issues, debate the issues, compare and contrast records, provide answers and the truth to the American people. Spears, noise, nonsense, excuses, all of these different things that have nothing to do with the challenges that we face, the real struggles that people face in this country. The individuals whose lives are ruined by our broken criminal justice system, the families who are torn apart. And this is what makes me so angry is because this is a big middle finger to all of you. There's no other way to explain it. Because whoever you decide to support, whoever you decide to vote for, this election is critical. The kind of leader that we choose for our country is a critical one. And voters deserve the truth and all of the information to make the best informed choice possible. When they're not getting that, it is truly a disservice to them and to our democracy. That's really what this is about. It's not about uh, personality differences. It's not about personal attacks. It's not about partisan politics. It's about putting the people first. Putting the people first. What a novel concept, right? This should be the norm every single day. A reporter asked me earlier today uh, about whether or not we should, as Democrats in this primary, continue to debate and evoke President Obama's name debate process. And what I told her is, rather than look to the past, let's focus on the people. Rather than make this about any one individual, let's make this about the people. Let's make this about putting our interests first, the interests of our people and our planet at the forefront of these debates and of these discussions, and that way we can actually make progress. But all of these things that we're experiencing now in these last few days are just further reinforcing what we already know to be true. It's why we're all gathered here today. We are that change. We are that change. It is only when we come together and stand united, not motivated by fear, not motivated by racism or bigotry, but motivated by love. and for each other and for our planet and for our future. When we stand united in this love, there is no obstacle we cannot overcome. That's right. 
No obstacle we cannot overcome. The problem is our politics has been so poisoned and tainted for so long by those who are only interested in their own political power, their selfish interests are lining their pockets and using fear and hatred and bigotry to divide us for their own personal gain that they don't know what this looks like. They don't understand what the power of the people feels like. They have forgotten that really the power lies within our hands. This is the vision that the founders of this country had for us. We are far from being that perfect union that we wish to be. We have a lot of a lot of divides that we need to overcome, a lot of injustices that need to be corrected. But we can only do that when we stand united in this spirit, firmly rooted in who we are as a country. Now, I'm talking a lot about patriotism. Ring? talking about our working men and women and the challenges and threats that are continuing to face the labor movement in this country. And I talked a little bit about our history in Hawaii, how back in the day there was a few plantation owners who were the rich and powerful who controlled the plantations, who abused the, the workers there, poor working conditions, very little pay. They had no voice whatsoever. And those landowners, those plantation owners, had all the politicians in their pocket. Sound familiar? And so the turning point for our state was when unions and the labor movement came and started to bring voice to the working people. Better working conditions, health care, better pay. And the response from those landowners at that time was, you are un-American. You are not a patriot. You're a communist and they tried to squash this people's movement with these smear tactics. Sound familiar? Yeah. So these tactics have been used time and time again, these names that are being thrown out. But here's the thing, what could possibly be more patriotic and American than when we, every one of us, stand up and fight for each other? When we, the people, rise our voices, what could be more American than that? Because when we love our country, when you love someone, when you care for something so much, what do you do? What's the first thing you do? You protect them. You fight for them. That is what this is about. That is what our movement is about. That is what is at the heart of the change that we are seeking to bring. The kind of change that would make it possible for us to not just tweak around the edges of our broken sick care system, but to bring about total reform, to make sure every single American has quality health care. Every single American has quality health care. This is how we bring about the kind of change that bridges these divides that are so often used to tear us apart, that takes this problem that we're facing one where you have people in two general camps, right? You have the climate deniers and the climate believers. And on both sides, they're looking at each other and they're fighting and they're arguing and they're attacking. How do we make progress when we're at battle with each other? When really, if you just stop and you say, hey, let's just talk story, as we say in Hawaii. Let's just talk story. Then you come to find that we as people value clean water. 
We value clean air, things that are essential for every single person to survive. We value having a safe and beautiful place that we get to call home, not just for us, but for our kids and their kids and their kids to come. So what does that mean? That means we have a common ground where we can come together and begin that conversation to bring about the bold change we know we desperately need and urgently need to protect that future. This is just one example of so many, how when we come together with respect and with love and care for each other, even if you and I may disagree on so many things, even if, if you hold views that I may find to be abhorrent, we come together to find that bridge of common ground, that opportunity to move forward. This is how we make change. This is how we make the real kind of change we need to see in our broken criminal justice system. A broken system that has ruined so many people's lives. You know, in Congress, as I talk about finding common ground, we found that area of opportunity when we passed the First Step Act. There's a prison reform bill that already we have seen just in the last few weeks, thousands of people have gone free because of the reform. Thousands of people who otherwise would still be incarcerated with no hope for their future. Reforms in that bill will reduce recidivism rates, will provide pathways of opportunity for those who have served their time and to come out and not continue in that broken revolving door that we see so often in too many people's lives. How did that come about? That came about because you had, on the outside of government, groups like the ACLU and the Koch brothers coming together and saying, you know what? We're gonna put aside our differences because we both support this necessary reform. In Congress, you had Democrats and Republicans saying, you know what? We'll put aside our differences and stand together united. Some of the most progressive Democrats, some of the most conservative Republicans teaming up and saying, we will put the people and our country first. Put the people and our country first. So that's what this is all about. And we can go down the long, unfortunate laundry list of changes that we need to see, but I want to focus on this because this is at the heart of what motivates me every single day, and I know what gathers us here, and it's the heart of where we find the solution. I think all of you are here because you're already familiar with uh, my record and my leadership in calling for an end to wasteful wars. I want to take a moment here. We have some veterans here. If you don't mind standing up and just letting us all say thank you. real. And for those of us who've served, those of us who have lost friends, brothers and sisters in combat, those of us who have lost friends of ours who survived combat and lost the battle here at home, we understand the cost of war in a deeply personal way. 
This is why I'll never apologize to anyone who tries to smear me or criticize me for doing everything I possibly can to prevent more of our brothers and sisters from being sent into combat to their death, fighting these wasteful regime change wars that make our country less safe, that take the lives of our sons and daughters, that make the lives of the people in these countries worse off and take dollars out of our community, out of our schools, out of our healthcare system. So if it means meeting with a brutal dictator or a hundred dictators, I will do whatever it takes to end these You've heard the smears that are, that are being lobbed against me, right? There's, there's a few of them. So if you look back to when that vote on the Iraq war happened, and you looked at the very few who were brave to vote against that war at that time because they saw the truth, they were criticized and smeared as people who hated America, smeared as people who loved Saddam Hussein. It's easy for politicians now to say, well, of course the Iraq war was wrong. Of course I would have voted against the Iraq war, but they, none of them are saying what they will do right now about the regime change wars that are happening today, like the one happening in Syria. These are the same kinds of people who will wait and in 10 or 20 years say, oh, well, of course we should not be waging a regime change war in Syria. We don't need more people who are coming late to the party when it's convenient and comfortable for them. What we need is leadership. Leadership with courage to recognize and understand the right thing at the right time to be able to make that change that I'm seeking to bring about to prevent more senseless loss of life, to prevent more of this devastating cost to our people and to our country, and instead make sure that we are using our limited resources and investing in serving the needs of our people. That's what it is. It's about focusing on our people and our planet and actually being that force for good that we can and we should be in the world. This comes down to leadership. Leadership that has the strength and courage to stand up to the foreign policy establishment, to stand up to the media that plays right into their narrative, to stand up to the military industrial complex that profits from these continued regime change wars, and to do the right thing for our people, to lead us away from these Wasteless, wasteful regime change wars lead us away from where we are now on the brink of a nuclear catastrophe with increasing tensions between uh, the United States and nuclear armed countries, nuclear arms race being kicked off, to recognize that we have to exhaust all diplomatic measures before ever considering an act of war because the only alternative to diplomacy is war. It's about having the strength and courage and the focus on what is most important and who is most important.
and it is every one of you that is most important. It is every person in this country that is most important. Not people who are looking out for their own profits, or politicians looking out for how they can line their pockets when they leave office. It's about you. It's about our home. It's about our planet. It's about us coming together and fighting for our future, making sure that we have one. So I'm just, I'm so grateful here because I'm starting to feel a change in the tide. Change in the tide that is coming about as the powers that be recognize they cannot turn down the volume on our voices. We are too loud. We will only grow stronger. And as we've seen what's possible through these last debates, you recognize how important it is that all of you made it possible for me to be there in the first place. You did that. Not me, you did that. And you've made it possible for us to hit that next benchmark to continue to qualify for the next debate. I'll be the kind of president that I'm being now as we lead this campaign. It is one of, by, and for the people. Yeah. Of, by, and for the people. This is how we unite our country. This is how we come together. Recognizing the power of the principles that are found in those, those documents, our Constitution, our Bill of Rights things that we take for granted sometimes until they're under attack and start being taken away from us. These freedoms are what unite us. Let's stand together, fight for each other, fight for our freedoms as we do the tough work necessary to strive towards that more perfect union. Only we can do that. And I'm so grateful that you've chosen to come here and stand with me in this fight and in this movement. Thank you so much, everybody. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. And I don't care how tough you are, they will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently for You, me or nobody, is going to hit as hard as life. Ask not yes, we can. what your country can do for you. I have a dream.
tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome to Public Access America. Yes, we can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. He wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Apple Podcasts, the Stitcher Smart Radio, Potable, and more. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. In the making.